0: how to dream cowboys welcome back to the west world podcast western movie club today we're going to be recapping the 2007 western hit 310 to yuma directed by james mangold and starring christian bale and russell crowe i'm james and i'm ryan and this is the west world podcast So before getting into it, I just want to talk about uh something relating to last week. Since then I've watched all of A Handmaid's Tale. Oh man.
1: You didn't yeah. even you didn't even tell me. We could have done it together as a group.
0: But it would have been hard to hate on because it's very good. Well, I, I I would hope so. And unlike Westworld, which is like an ensemble cast and like that's the point. Um, Elizabeth Moss really is, like, in every scene of the show, so I guess you could say it was more of a demanding performance on her part. How many episodes were there? Ten? Yeah, ten.
1: And they were an hour long each?
0: Yep. And did, did Elizabeth Moss steal the show? Well, it's her show. She's in 99% of it, so... So this movie, 310 to Yuma, was directed by James Mangold, who I'd never heard of until I looked him up, but now I realize that I'm a fan of his work. Mm Mm-hmm. James Mangold, known
1: for other films such as Logan, Walk the Line, and last but certainly not least, Girl Interrupted.
0: Yeah, right? (laughs) The guy who directed Walk the Line also wrote and directed Girl Interrupted. It, It makes more sense now that you
1: think about it, you know. It doesn't, actually, but I just really like both those movies. This version of 310 to Yuma is a remake of the 1957 movie, starring the craggy-faced, dependable star character actor Van Helfen as Dan and legendary actor Glenn Ford as uh, as the other guy. <laughs> and he had uh, other such notable roles, such as Superman's dad in the 1978 Christopher Reeve Superman movie. Who? The guy who played Glenn Ford, or the guy who was Glenn Ford, he, his name is Glenn Ford, and he played... Uh, he didn't play Dan, he, he played Wade in the original. Oh.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah, the internet... Have, have you seen the original? Nah, I have not. Alright, so just uh, first impressions, though. Did you like 310 to Yuma? Oh, yeah, I really liked it. I liked it all the way through, except for, the, like, the last... Two to three minutes. I had some qualms. I had some qualms. We'll get there. We'll get there. Get there yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: this was written by the uh, a duo, Derek Haas and Michael Brandt, They're two Baylor grads who write action movies. They also wrote it. Uh, wrote it. They wrote it. Edited wanted and too fast too furious they're also Ooh, writing i i dislike both of those movies right and they're also <laughs> writing the upcoming angelina list wanted 2 so why make it who is sitting like on their hands like oh god it i need wanted 2 wanted <laughs> was so good apparently not james mcavoy james mcavoy will most likely return to the film And he said he'll return even if the script isn't good because he had so much fun working on the first film. So that's promising.
0: Yeah, it's really like when you're shooting your gun and you flick your wrist at the last second. that The bullet curves. It's awesome, man. Movie sucks. You you could make a whole movie out of
1: that. You really couldn't. Actually, I mean, you could, (laughs) I guess. It's right up there with Jumper.
0: Remember Jumper with Anakin? Yeah, it's like, oh, I have this one cool idea for a scene. All right, well, let's make that 90 minutes. That's a movie now. Good luck.
1: <laughs> hey, James, did you know that if you started watching this movie at 1.19 p.m., the train would arrive at 3.10 p.m.? No,
0: is, is that what happened to you?
1: No, the internet just told me. And I was like, oh. but I felt like I was like, I was close enough to that happening that I was angry. I didn't know it beforehand.
0: So the movie begins on the ranch of Dan Evans, a veteran of the Civil War. His young son William is woken up by the sound of horse hooves in the distance, and he wakes up to find his mom and dad peering out the window, uh, looking for danger.
1: You get the feeling that this is kind of imminent danger, because, you know, Dan Evans slash Christian Bale knew that this was coming the people on the horses come up and and burn his barn they hit Christian Bale on the back of the head he obviously has a few uh, a leg problem he's limping this whole time and uh and 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 it's exacerbated by him getting hit while they're burning down his barn as they're riding away they say something to the effect of in one week it will be the house and uh and, and and you know he's like I'll take care of this I'll take care of this. And they're like, yeah, we don't, we don't care. We're burning it down anyway.
0: Evans and William, his son, uh, they save all the horses from the barn, but the animal feed gets burned up and their cattle are all spooked and run
1: away. Dad turns to his son, William, played by Logan Lerman, a.k.a. Percy Jackson, a.k.a. a bunch of things. Logan Lerman's a bunch of things. And he says, you know, I'll go into town and I'll take care of this. And uh, for the first time of many times in this movie, his son turns back to him. And he's like, no, you won't, dad. You suck.
0: Yeah. William picks up his dad's rifle and tries to take a pot shot at like 100 yards at a moving target. And his dad's like, no, son, don't do it, because in the one in a million chance you hit him, things will be worse.
1: Yeah, things will be much worse. Learn, learn how consequences work. Also... Uh, there's a rich white man. His name is Hollander. This is a Western after all. He's going to sell their land to a railroad, obviously. And, uh, Christian Bale Dan Evans is going to go into town and fix it. But <laughs> the railroad's coming. It seems inevitable.
0: Yeah. The next day, Evans is having some expositional conversation with his wife, Alice, played by Gretchen Maul from Boardwalk Empire. And he owes some amount, unspecified amount of money to Hollander. And that's why they're being harassed. And he's like, well, today I'm going to take care of the cattle and then I'll go into town and I'll speak to Mr. Hollander. And I'm sure he'll be so reasonable about it. He very obviously won't be
1: very reasonable about it. Also, it's very clear that William does not respect his father. It could be because of his leg. It might not be. We don't know yet.
0: Yeah. Evans is kind of a sad sack. It's like, oh, my son doesn't respect me. My wife pities me. He's like a Western version of of Millhouse's dad. Oh, that's sad. I mean, that's a, that's like one of the saddest
1: characters in in history, uh, and and I think it lives up to that to that shame. Dan Evans is up there. I mean his his son keeps saying mean things to him, and Dan Evans' response
0: is to just kind of look down solemnly. Meanwhile. A group of outlaws led by Ben Wade, who's played by Russell Crowe. The one and only. They're convening on the prairie to plot their next big heist. Uh, they have this plan to rob a stagecoach, and they've got some secret technique they're going to use to stop it in its tracks. While we come in
1: on Ben Wade, we we meet him as well as Charlie Prince, his second-in-command, played by Ben Foster. Uh, Charlie Prince calls Ben Wade the boss, so we know now that he's in charge. Uh, I thought Wade was writing a letter, but he wasn't. He was actually drawing. He was drawing a picture of a bird, and he's a very good drawer.
0: Yeah, I like the actor that plays Charlie Prince. Not so much that I could remember his name, even though you just said it. Ben Foster. Ben Foster, that's right. He's the older brother in the... More recent modern-day Western film, Hell or High Water, which is a great movie. If you guys haven't seen it, I recommend it. Ben Foster's really good in it. Ben Foster's really good in this movie, too,
1: because his his role is so weird, and then there's a part at the end that's weird, but right up till right then he he carries a lot of the scenes he's in along with Russell Crowe obviously when you put Russell Crowe and Christian Bale into the same movie it's just like we're trying to make this not fail at all I mean I think originally it was going to be Tom Cruise and Eric Banna.,
0: that would have been terrible
1: <laughs> wow that was a that was a real moment of disgust from you when you heard Eric <laughs> Banna's name you're like
0: gross First of all, Tom Cruise and Eric Bana? Like, we only need one of these. (laughs) They're the same kind of thing. You don't need two. So Evans and his sons are out trying to find the cattle, and they happen to spy Wade's gang descending upon the stagecoach. A really bloody chase ensues with a lot of loss on both sides. Uh, And the stagecoach has a machine gun turret in the back of it, which they... Used to shoot down the horses, the guy who's leading the stagecoach kind of uses his shoot, sharpshooter technique to blow up a stick of dynamite in one guy's bag. That was kind of badass. Yeah, that was neat.
1: As we as we end the fight, uh, Russell Crowe rides up uh, to the leader of the stagecoach. His name is Byron McElroy, and he says something to the effect of like Byron McElroy, when did your hair turn all gray, Byron? I just love the way people say other people's names in Westerns like they matter. Like, it could be any name. Like, Gumption Swizzlepuss. I knew it was you all
0: along. Right. The stagecoach... What they, what happened is they had herded the cows into the road, which caused the stagecoach to stop and flip, and basically everyone died except for the named character, who, it turns out, is a Pinkerton man, which here's a bit of real-life history. Uh, the Pinkerton Company... Was a real life security company in the old West. You could hire them to guard your shit or to protect your house if you're a rich guy, and they would kind of do the job that maybe there weren't enough lawmen around to do.
1: Yeah, they were basically professional mercenaries. And uh, you know, as as Wade is doing his little speech over his newly found riches, he said, Y'all spare no expense this time, which was very Michael Creighton of him. Uh, he left. He leaves Byron alive, and also the person inside the wagon is secretly alive at this point. Wade takes the Evans' horses. Uh, the Evans' kind of ride up on the end of this, and and Wade sees them, rides up to them, and is like, hello. And at this point, you're kind of deciding, you know, is is Wade a 100% bad guy, or does he have some good in him? And he proves in this moment that he's not going to kill Christian Bale and his sons and he but he does take their horses he leaves their cattle and again Logan Lerman William Dan Evans's son is really mad at him about all this and I was like what is he going to do all of them have guns all of you don't and you're mad at him for like not fighting them and dying you're dumb
0: Wade tells them they can get their horses a couple miles up the road on the way to Bisbee and Evans and his son go and rescue the surviving Pinkerton man. What is it? Mc- McElroy? Is that his name? Byron. Mc- Byron McElroy. Yeah. Uh, who's really badly injured because he got shot in the chest. Yeah, Byron got messed up.
1: And, you know, and we also see on the other end in the town of Bigsby where this coach is going, uh, the railroad man, Butterfield, he waits for the Pinkerton Pinkertons. Someone asks them if they're running late they say he says they don't run late. that's why they are paid 18 dollars a day, which gives you a wow, s- right exactly which gives you some sort of
0: uh, understanding of of the inflation rates since then. One of Wade's gang members reports to the marshals that there's been a heist. He's you know he's acting like an innocent bystander like, oh, I was coming up on the road and I saw some dead Pinkerton men and some empty money coffers so I think there might have been a heist. You guys should go all check it out. It kind of proves the point of like, in Westerns, you can be really,
1: you can deceive people much easier because they didn't have the internet and they don't know what your face looks like.
0: Right, and they probably don't know how to read and they're not very well educated, and so they're just easy to trick in general. And then uh, that gets all of
1: of the railroad and the Pinkerton men to leave the town to go try to look at the convoy which lets Wade and pals come into the town, go into the local saloon to count their loot and
0: get a drink. I have a question about this. Every saloon in every Western has the exact same layout. Is there just one saloon set in Studio City that everyone is using? Yeah, there's one saloon on Paramount
1: Ranch, and it's the one that everyone uses. Like, actually, right when we came into the, into the western town, I was like, oh, this looks familiar. It's all the same places. There's only, like, two
0: ranch sets in Los Angeles somehow. So they have a shot for their fallen comrades, and then Wade tells everyone to leave so that he can seduce the bartender, who is played by Vanessa Shaw from The Hills Have Eyes. She's kind of a, a scream queen. Yeah, you feel like she will have a bigger role than she eventually does. She
1: doesn't. She's just kind of yeah. she's just kind of there to show you that Wade is cool. Also, they took a shot to their fallen comrade, but I mean the fallen comrade they took a shot to was a guy that Ben Wade shot at the end because he his job was to kill everyone inside the stagecoach and it turns out that there was one guy left who uh who, who caused some damage. So Ben Wade shot one of his own guys to kind of teach them, like, you know, if you're stupid and you don't do your job, I'll shoot you in your head. Also, when he does shoot him in his head, the exposition is is very clear that Ben Wade is very quick with a trigger. Everyone needs to know that.
0: But he's also a gentle soul who's nice to the women he seduces, and he draws them pictures and offers to take them away to Mexico and put all this behind them. He draws them like one of his French girls. The marshals go to pick up the Pinkerton man back at the scene of the crime, and he's gravely wounded, so they take him back to the town doctor, Doc Potter, who's played by Alan... Tudyuk. You can just call him Dr. Wash. He's Wash Yeah, he's Wash from Firefly, and he's Steve the Pirate, most recently K2SO from Rogue One. He's Alan Tudyuk, he's amazing. Yeah, you think he's the doctor, but he's actually the town vet. Womp womp.
1: Yeah, Byron notices when they bring him back and he's getting a bullet taken out of him. And he looks around and he just sees a bunch of horse pictures like, what kind of doctor are you? And Dr. Alan Tudyuk, Wash MD says, well, it's nice that one of my patients are talking to me for once. Not just barking and growling. Because he works with horses, so. I thought he, was a, I thought he for, I thought was a poster of a dog on a wall. It was a it was a horse. No, this is a western town. There aren't a lot of dogs. It's mostly horses. yes so.
0: <laughs> it was a cross section of musculature. I, I, I'm not, okay, not, fine. Uh, Give me a Venn diagram of pets in the <laughs> west. Evans comes into town also and confronts Hollander, the money lender. And he's like, come on, let's make a deal. I have this little trinket from my wife. It's the one nice thing I ever got her. And it's valuable, and I'll give it to you if you give me some more time. And Hollander replies with uh, throwing him in the dirt and giving him back his little trinket and saying, whatever money you owe me isn't worth as much as I'm going to get when I repossess your land and sell it to the railroad company.
1: Right. He kind of puts his hand on Hollander's back, to which his henchman which I can't remember his name but he's just like a large mean henchman man and Tucker. he yeah Tucker he throws him to the ground and uh you know it, it goes poorly Evan sees an opportunity uh to 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 see Wade he 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 notices that Wade's horse is in front of the saloon he also notices that Wade is probably up on the top floor of uh, of the bar. And so he heads into said bar for his first altercation with Ben Wade.
0: Yeah. Evans complains that Wade got a few of his cattle killed in the chase. And Wade throws him some money for that. He's like, he also wasted my time. I had to take the day off cause I was dealing with you. Okay. Well, here's some money for that. You right. know, my kids, they also had to take the day off cause because even though they're children, they work for me. Okay, here's some money for that. Right, he keeps doing that until Wade stays there long
1: enough for all of the men to catch up with them and to finally arrest Ben Wade. And as with Ben Wade is being arrested, Dan Evans is slowly backing away while Ben Wade looks at him in the eyes with the, th- with the ideas of, I
0: know what you did. Wade gets disarmed by one of the marshals, and as he's doing that, he's like, you better watch out for my pistol because it's cursed. And I was like, oh, man, that that is going to come back later. That's going to be p- a big part of this movie. Never again. It doesn't. It's Never, not. Not once. Really infuriating.
1: You could argue the thing that happens at the end is because of the curse, but, like, they don't bring it up one more time. So what the heck? A representative
0: of the railroad company, Grayson Butterfield. Hilarious name. Amazing. Amazing name. Lists all these crimes that Wade is guilty of, that he's derailed trains, and he's held up passengers, and he's wasted time, which also represents money. Yeah, it has a lot to do with the amount of money that Ben Wade owes everybody. This is basically
1: where the party to bring Wade to trial is created. They've all decided that they're not just going to shoot him right now, they're going to bring him to jail and then put him on trial, It's basically the and my axe for $200 moment. Uh, We learn in this moment that Evans fought for the north in the war because we really didn't know at the time. He doesn't have enough for a pension, but he uh, his leg is messed up and he fought for the north, not the south. And the uh, the party to bring Wade to trial is is set in stone here. We got half leg Evans. We got horse Dr. Wash, almost dead Byron. Byron makes it, by the way. And all the pals on the road again to bring Ben Wade to justice. Uh, Plus the Hollander dude who just threw Evans to the ground. Tucker, you said the real mean man.
0: They're going to bring him to Contention City, Arizona and get him on the 310 to Yuma Penitentiary, where he'll be tried and hung as an example to all other outlaws. They did something similar to that in
1: Pirates of the Caribbean when they when they hung up the pirates in front of the bays. It didn't work then either. I don't think it would work here, but I appreciate the effort.
0: That's got to be the best damn cowboy I've ever seen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you think it's all a trick? It's all by accident? And then as he's being dragged up something, and he's just like, oh, where am I going? Oh, it all worked out perfectly.
0: Everyone agrees that they need to get Wade out of the town as soon as possible, or a lot of innocent people are going to get hurt. And they decide to rendezvous and prepare for their journey at Evans's ranch. Uh, they don't leave before one of Wade's men rides through town and shoots up a bunch of randos. Yeah, while screaming that this town is going to burn, which is ominous. Their plan is they're going to send a decoy carriage out, like right now, to distract the gang. Stay the night in Evans' house, and then leave at first light. Evans' uh,
1: wife is so mad that this is her life. She is just wondering how she got here. Like, my husband has a bad leg. Now I have all these people in my house. They're telling me that they're going on an adventure where my husband will
0: almost definitely die. Uh, I am perturbed. Yeah, they have an awkward and slightly threatening family dinner with Wade. And Wade likes to quote scripture and he likes to flirt with Alice, Evans' wife.
1: Wade is a talker. He just keeps talking. Uh, the doctor asks Hollander, the Hollander henchman, if he burnt down the barn. Like, is this, was this you? And he was like, I was just doing my job. And then Todd, <laughs> your job sucks. Evan is, Evans's son, William... It's kind of looking at Wade like he's a hero. Wade is confident and he knows what to say. And, you know. And he,
0: he's hitting on his mom.
1: Right. Everyone loves when people hit on their moms. And then Wade says shooting a man and shooting a horse is, is the same while while Evan says it's not. Uh, Byron is is more than awful. He he always says more awful things. Uh, and then, you know, as you just said, Wade, Wade quotes the Bible, which is a large part of of his character. Uh Wade calls Evans over to cut his steak for him obviously because he and he while looking at Evans or while looking at Evans like you did this to me. The reason I'm in your house right now is cuz you got me arrested. I could have just gone. I could have been later, dude. And then but so he's just being mean to him. He's like, "Yeah, I
0: don't like the gristle or the fat. Can you get rid of those? Thanks." It's very tense. Wade has a type, apparently, and it's green-eyed women, and he makes that clear to Alice, who's a green-eyed woman, and she's kind of, like, blushing, so I feel like there's supposed to be some kind of tension there, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a straight woman or a gay man, but from my perspective, you give me the choice between Batman and Gladiator, I- I'm going Batman. Oh, no, Gladiator all the way. Alright, well, so, different, strokes, yeah. different strokes, different strokes for
1: different folks. For sure. We also learned that Evans was in the second company sharpshooters out of Lynn, Massachusetts. So he is also a sharpshooter. He's a very good shot. In Wade's company, there's a, there's a few unnamed guys who, but are who are very specific. The one who's most specific, I would say, is the Mexican sharpshooter. They clean. They call him that over and over again. And that is his whole character. I don't think he says one thing the whole time. All he is is two things. One, a very good sniper. And two, Mexican. Uh, We now know that Evans is also a sharpshooter. Something to the effect of that. And in that moment, we're learning all of this. Uh, Wade asks, how did he lose his leg? It's still a mystery to all of us. At that moment, we hear gunshots outside and something is up in the grass. All during this Wade is asking like, are you the daughter of a sea captain to El- to Evans's uh, lady? And she, you're from San Francisco, you have green eyes adds, and like what do, what do you what, what's your last name, which is just freaking out. Uh, he says, nobody can think less of me. you know, we won't make it through the next six days if we don't get if we don't get through it. Like he's basically also saying to her like you should not have your husband come do this. And at this point, the Evans comes back in to his his wife and his wife is like, why is any of this happening? I, I don't get it. Uh, he says, I think uh, a telling line, like he says, um, I'm tired of the way that they look at me. I'm tired of the way that you don't, which was a really good line. I've been standing on one leg for two years and for him, for God to do me a favor and he's not listening. So, you know, uh, God's not here either. The railroad is God. And he obviously doesn't want to do this he obviously would rather just stay home and chill but he understands that he doesn't have any money all of his feed is gone his barn just got burned down in a week his house is getting burned down the railroad is coming he doesn't have a whole lot of options his son is being super mean to him his wife is basically about to have sexual intercourse with ben wade and we all get it (laughs) and so you know everyone's scared his son is still just being super mean to him. He's like, you're, you're, you're useless. He's like, I'm going out into the world and trying to get us $200. Uh, William obviously wants to go. His dad's like, no, you're a child. What are you talking about? And then, uh, you know, he's, he looks at Wade. I'm putting you on the 310 the to tomorrow, tomorrow. And, and then Byron's like, why did you tell him that? Why did you give him any information that he now knows that he can now tell anybody? You're so bad at this.
0: So our posse is assembled. We've got main character. One-legged Dan Evans. We've got the Doc character, which there's always, like, a Doc in the posse, right? There's a doctor, and they call him Doc. And then you've got grizzled, old, experienced man. You've always got that in the posse. And then we've got big goon, Tucker. The rich guy's a goon. Uh, Butterfield, who's the railroad company guy who's not especially talented at anything. He's just rich. And they take off, and and William, you know, secretly follows them in the night. Right. Everyone knows that William's going to
1: secretly follow them because he he he's his own man. He William tells his younger brother that his dad's going to die, and then he follows them. Uh, that's for for young fools, perhaps. Immediately, the horse doctor's drunk. Uh, Wade prods Evans until he basically threatens him, uh, and william can hear from afar william is like off in the distance from their camp for the first night he can hear the henchman's song about uh hanging wade in the morning wade and the henchman have a have a terse talk about about his song he doesn't like it wade is not a fan of the song and the henchman's like well i don't really care i'm gonna hang you in the morning so it's gonna be fun to which uh wade wakes up in the middle of the night and stabs the ever-living shit out of the henchman with the, not even a knife, just a, a fork he stole.
0: Yeah, totally destroys his throat. Maybe that's uh, supposed to be punishment for singing. And we already brought it up that, like, Ben Wade had a kind of Jack sparrow feel to him, but uh, not, not past this point. This is not Jack Sparrow anymore. Jack Sparrow didn't,
1: like, commit just awful murder you can wade actually has an evil streak to him so you have to ask yourself like is he evil is he truly evil and that's that's something you might have to answer at the end of the movie the as wade gets taken off the henchman who is now deceased which you know evans must be a little happy for the guy just burned down his barn the other day uh wade sings the song back to him going to hang me in the morning? Not really though, anymore
0: because well, I mean really, probably, but the guy just got stabbed. Yeah, according to the IMDb page that song was written like the 1990s or something. So we got a little bit of a uh a historical error there.
1: <laughs> I feel fine about it. We cut back to the decoy coach, the decoy coach and the uh the Mexican sharpshooter kills the driver of said coach. They learn from the person inside the coach who's pretending to be Ben Wade, that they're gonna put him on the three ten to Yuma to prison tomorrow, which they, the guy inside would not have known unless that De- Evans opened his big mouth, and uh and then you know they light the coach on fire. But Charlie Prince slash Ben Foster lights the coach on fire to figure that out, and he's like, "I'll let you out," but obviously he doesn't because he's mean. And then we go back to Wade and Evans's posse, and they're like, "Well, we were watching this from afar, apparently. I don't know how. And uh, what we now need to do is take the Apache Pass." Everyone's like, "You shouldn't." And then everyone and the other people are
0: like, "Well, we're gonna." We also see that William is uh, like continuing to trail them from far behind on the trail. Byron and Wade start talking shit at each other. They both have somewhat checkered pasts. And Byron brings up Wade's mom, which is never a classy thing to do. You can't do it. You can't talk about other people's moms. So Wade leaps from his horse, grabs Byron's gun, kind of points it at everyone to get them to disarm, pushes Byron off a cliff, so he's dead. Hilarious. And he's just about to make his escape when he gets caught up by William Gundron, who recaptures him. Even bad men love their mamas.
1: Yeah, right before that, Byron is, it, he, Wade says, like, Byron acts, act, and he, he acts pious, but I've also seen him, like, kill a bunch of children, so he, he's not the best. You know, Byron calls his uh, his father a drunk grave digger and his mother a ran- Have the mun- mother has a rancid womb of a whore. Wade, at that point, is like, "Well, you're gonna die." He does it. He also learns that he has to be taken to this train, so he really has no consequences up until the train ride. Right? Like he can just keep doing awful things, and they keep just having to keep trying to take him to the train. Uh, and you're right. William puts a gun to Wade's head and wade's like i don't think you're really gonna shoot and then william kind of shoots right in front of him to prove like yeah i'm real bitch i am uh i'm a kid who doesn't like his father and is is willing to shoot a stranger for funsies and
0: uh wade is like oh okay well i guess i guess i'm caught yeah so we lost two of the tough guys in the posse we're down to three doc butterfield and evans but they gained a little boy not a little boy. He's like, he's like 15. It's basically the same amount of power, the amount, the same attributes. So they do the, you know, campfire at night scene again. And Wade is trying to seduce William to the dark side by talking about how awesome it is to be an outlaw. He's like, oh, yeah, once you get to the outlaw town you to get all the women and the booze and everything you want to do, it's such an awesome life the other members are like, hey, Wade, do you remember that time that you dynamited a train full of innocent people? Didn't you also do that? And he was like, yeah, that was fun, too. Evans takes Wade to go for a piss, and they get ambushed by some Apaches. And Evans is almost killed, but Wade saves him by grabbing the rifle and shooting the Apaches dead.
1: Evans asks, like... Is that your guys? And Wade's like, nah. If they were mine, you'd be dead. I have a Mexican sharpshooter who's literally only job in this movie is to be both Mexican and a very good shot, so you would be dead. Uh, he he murders all three of the Apaches with a knife. Like he literally sneaks up and flanks them with a knife while he's a while he's a prisoner. He also takes the keys to the handcuffs. He takes the horses, and Evans is going to go after him even after Wade leaves with everything because there's no reward for getting him halfway to the train, so.
0: Yeah, he, he knocks Evans out after the fight and then he leaves and Evans wakes up and he's like, well, we have to go after him because this is the most important thing to me now. Wade rides up to a mining site where he encounters dozens of Chinese immigrant miners. He tries to get one of them to unshackle him. But he gets apprehended by the owner of the mine named Bulls and the foreman Zeke, who is inexplicably played by Owen Wilson. Luke Wilson, but still, I it's it's
1: it's a one of the Wilsons, and why is one of the Wilsons here? Are you sure?
0: I'm a hundred percent sure. Luke Wilson? Yeah, I guess <laughs> that that's more believable, I guess. Why would Owen Wilson wouldn't come
1: out for this? I honestly don't think it's as or uh, more believable. I think it's still unbelievable. When I saw him, I was like, I still said to myself, "Like,
0: is that Luke Wilson?" Right, and then from there on, you're like, "Okay, well, this surely he will be a major character now." Nope, <laughs> he's a lot like the curse on the gun. He's just
1: the air and gone. Uh, he says some awful racist things like we need to get some he and this is a real line out of the movie. I don't even know if I want to say this. Anywho, he says uh, <laughs> he says we need to get some Negroes in here to show these Chinamen what real
0: work is. I was like, that is the most racist one sentence. <laughs> right, but <coughs> the, the deus is is in the machina because it turns out that Bulls knows Wade because in the past Wade had killed his brother, and so Bulls has a vendetta. And instead of letting him go to jail, he wants to kill him to get his revenge. Luke Wilson has really yellow
1: teeth. Talking about how morals ain't got a damn thing to do about it. And you're right; they start torturing him with what looks like a like a makeshift electrocution device. Yeah, it's they, like a an air powered Tesla coil or something. Yeah, they they just made it with all the spare parts they have from the caving from making the cave for the trains. And then, uh, you know, as, as, as it goes, the, the party r- walks up, somehow gets there at, at an amount of time after that. And they come up to Wade and the pals. They all kind of explain their exposition to each other. One party goes, you know, I really would like Wade back. The other goes, N- no, I'm busy electrocuting him. And then um, Alan Tudyuk slash Dr. Horse Doctor, like, hits the first guy. He starts the fight you know, of, like, you know, we're
0: getting him back. And the Horse Doctor starts it. Yeah, he smashes him with a shovel. They grab Wade. They throw him onto his horse. They all ride out. There's a big chase. And, uh, Doc, Potter, Doc, Potter, and Doc Potter gets shot in the head. You, you got his name wrong as he died. Yeah. He did nothing in this movie. <laughs> Hitting that no, dude with the really. shuffle was the second the second thing he did. <laughs>
1: and and as he's dying, he's like, "Did we escape?" And they're like, "Yeah, we escaped, man." And he's like, "Cause of me? Because of the shovel?" And they're like, "Yeah, the shovel was a real big part of it. Be, just be dead
0: now." I'm the likable guy who dies in the movie. I'm very <laughs> likable. I died also, in it, Serenity, and then I died in Rogue One. No, every <laughs> he died
1: again, and like as every time he dies, I'm like, "Why are you doing this to me?" as an audience you just keep killing alan tudyuk and it makes me really sad every time also it's super interesting how often wade switches sides so seamlessly he's like it's a it's a testament to to i think russell crowe as an actor but also like wade as a character you don't understand if he's the bad guy or the good guy at any given moment And, and this is one of those moments where like, you know, Wade runs with them. He's not like a, it feels like not a prisoner for a quick moment while he's running with Evans and the gang outside of the, of the tunnel, which they then, you know, they like Ollie-oop explode the tunnel, literally like Russell Crowe throws up some dynamite and Dan Evans sharpshoots it like he is, like a sharpshooter from Lynn, Massachusetts. And they blow up the tunnel. Like it's like a one-two punch. And then they look at each other like,
0: oh, right, you're a prisoner. Yeah, the posse arrives at Contention, which is supposed to be a pretty rough place, and they decide to hold up in this hotel, or I guess the the second floor of the saloon, with Wade until 310, and they're just gonna sit there and wait and not get into any trouble. Evan sends William out to be the watch. Hilarious music starts
1: to let everyone know that this is a very cool moment between a father and a son, perhaps respect is starting to grow. They check into the bridal suite. There's some obviously bad CGI somewhere in there. Uh, And they're selling, they're setting up the kill box for the final act. The, you know, the good guys have their places. The bad guys are coming. Charlie Prince uh, asks the railroad men uh, who they walk up to, like right after the, the Evans and Wade leaves, Charlie Prince and gang kind of ride up and he's like, you guys some kind of posse. And they're like, yeah, we're kind of posse. We're kind of a posse. And he's like, I hate posses. And then he takes out his guns and kills all of them. And I was like, what a weird, cool guy line. That could have been any line. He could have said anything before he killed all those guys. And what they chose for him to say
0: was, I hate posses. Which makes Luke Wilson's character and his boss, like, such pointless characters. This whole diversion to the mine—what was the point? I just, just I, to kill, to kill Wash, I guess. That yeah, was it. In a in a really
1: weird movie with a lot of weird parts, where like you keep we keep picking apart the movie. It is important for me to know. I do like it, oddly enough. I like
0: this movie that has a bunch of inconsistencies. Right, but that loop gets closed. You, you forget about the mining guys; they're dead now. Right.
1: Wade, we're back with Wade. He asks Dan Evans what he's going to do with this two hundred bucks. Wade offers to double it. Then he says, "How about a dollars Christian Bale is a really great actor in this moment. You can tell, like this is kind of we're coming up on the moments where like each character is going to get their own monologue, and we're gonna we're gonna have their moments. Um, and you know, and Christian Bale is like, "How am I going to get a thousand dollars? Start spending it and have nobody know where that thousand dollars is coming from." Wade's like, okay, fine, whatever, good point. He starts singing. He looks closely at his handcuffs, like, I could probably break these easy. And then uh, we zoom in on a clock to show that time has passed.
0: Yeah, they're they're waiting really tensely when Butterfield comes back with some of the marshals from contention. And they're going to help escort him to the train station. And together, it brings the posse number back to five. And Wade laughs about that, saying it's not nearly enough. Which is a better cool guy line. We just heard a bad cool guy line, and
1: Wade had a way better cool... It ain't nearly enough. Cool good guy line. I mean, not
0: good guy. Bad guy. Any guy. Cool guy line. Williams is playing lookout when he sees the prince and the gang riding up to the town. So the good guys kick everyone out of the saloon, and they brace for a gunfight. This saloon... Is identical to to the other saloon. Maybe because they it's just the same one. <laughs> they change tra- they changed the drapes or something. No,
1: it's this it's the same exact saloon. W- William sees the bad guys from afar. He comes up and lets it, and lets them know that there's seven of them. Actually, he's like seven or eight, and they're like, let's all be specific. The marshals are here now. They're just they butter uh not Butterfield. Yeah, the Butterfield guy. He brought marshals in I, one Marshall with, uh, with two other guys below him to, to kind of help add people to the, <laughs> to the, to the cause, to the, to the fight. Charlie's outside. He's sizing up the place a- and they have Wade go up to the, the window to talk to Charlie Prince, to be like, you know, get him to go away, which is an awful, awful idea. Wade's a great talker and great manipulator. He basically sits there immediately uh, while Charlie Prince passes up his hat inexplicably, and he's he and Wade's just like you know, it's just me. I'm sitting up here with my four new friends.
0: Right, that's hilarious. Uh, Charlie Prince comes up with a pretty pretty good idea. I like his plan a lot. He's like, hey, I have a, I have a shit ton of money. I'll give two hundred dollars to anyone who kills a member of the posse in there, and a lot of people. Like, way more than you'd expect, or like, okay, yeah, whatever.
1: I'm in. That's so much money. So, the three marshals who just showed up are watching this happen, and they're like, oh, no, no, I'm not doing this. And they all are like, yeah, I'm not giving up my life today. If it's a fair fight, then that's fine. But, I mean, if it's like five of us versus 30, it's just not for me. The yeah. marshals. I was ready know. to fight seven guys. <laughs>
0: right.
1: I'm, I don't know if I can fight 40. So they give up their guns and they walk outside. And then, you know, predictably, the thing happens that Charlie Prince just said, like, you only get the money if you shoot them. So everyone shoots all three of them. All three men, by the way, were like, we're family men. okay? we don't want to get shot today. So they go outside and then they get shot immediately. And apparently, originally, the marshal and his two deputies merely, like, surrendered their weapons to the outlaws in contention. Uh, but later the filmmakers were trying to figure out like what did those three guys do during the rooftop chase like where would they be so and they were unable to come up with like a satisfying answer so they just decided to contradict the actual original script of the film and had all three of those dudes shot outside right away which like I kind of thought cheapens the moment because I thought them going outside and getting shot immediately made a whole lot of sense. And I didn't like the fact that originally what was supposed to happen was Charlie Prince offers up a bunch of money and then everyone's like sees the first three people and they're like, oh, no, don't shoot them. We don't need the money.
0: Yeah, uh, it also it kind of it it makes it kind of clear that like there's you shouldn't trust these outlaws in any situation because like they're always come back to bite you. But then that also is kind of contradicted later in the story and earlier in the story.
1: Right. A lot of contradictions. And anywho, Wade basically turns to Evans at this point and is just like, why are you guys choosing death? Like, it's very really obvious what's happening right now. We have so many people out there. And uh a- a- and William is like, you'll call these guys off. You're not bad. I I've liked you this whole time. You can't be bad. And Russell Wilson and not Russell Wilson, who's a NFL quarterback. Uh, Russell Crowe is like, nah, bro, I'm bad to the bone. If I had a gun in those tunnels when we were getting out of there, I would have used it on you. Uh, and and you as an audience kind of has to ask yourself, like, is he actually that evil? He's, you know, brutally murdered two people. Uh, but also, he seems nice some of the time. He could just be a really good actor, both the actor and the character. And he also says something to the effect of, I wouldn't last one minute leading an outfit like that if I wasn't rotten as
0: hell. Butterfield decides to give up on the whole plan, and he tells Dan Evans to give up. He's like, I'll pay you anyway. Yeah.
1: He's like, we're done here. I'll give you the $200 anyway. And and then Wade's like, you hear that, Dan? Uh, it's only you now, so what are we going to do? And, you know... And 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 Evans is like, this is all I have. I'm not stopping. It's all it's all I have. What did Doc
0: Potter? What did Doc Potter make his life for? Huh? Right. He looks at his son and he looks at Wade and he decides it's not about the money anymore. Um, it's about justice and seeing it done. But that not really. It's about looking like a big man in front of your son for the first time in your life, basically. Ever? Yeah.
1: And you know he's a guy with half a leg. He has something to prove. He has some. He has something
0: to stand for on his one leg. Inspired by his courage, Butterfield promises to protect William and to take care of his family and his ranch from here to eternity. I, uh, yeah, which I guess is is a
1: good reason for Dan to do this. But also, like Butterfield says, like, yeah, I'll take care of you into in uh, your family into eternity if you get way to the train which we've all kind of established at this point is actually impossible so evans is saying yes to something that's is is set up to be impossible and butterfield's like yeah yeah yeah, i'll do that if you get him to the train that's never happening we're all
0: gonna die as it gets closer to three o'clock evans gets more nervous and the outlaws are positioning themselves around the town Wade brings up the tragic story of how he was orphaned by his parents and took comfort in scripture.
1: Yeah, it kind of lets you know that his character also has a soft side. Evans tells William, you know, like, William's like, I can't just leave you. I have to go do this too. And Evans is like, no, obviously not. You're not even supposed to be here right now. Uh, Either way, I'll be a day behind you, but not really. I'm going to die. So I need you to be a man of the house. Uh, you have the best part to me. You're going to do great. Do you like me yet? You just remember your old man walked Ben Wade to that station when no one else would because he's real dumb. The Mexican <laughs> right. sharpshooter and the Mexican sharpshooter sets up. Uh, the kill box looks pretty kill. Like a lot of kills are about to happen. Dan watches the clock. Wade draws. Dan watches, his uh, throws his watch because he's angry or something about that. And Wade says, you ever read the Bible, Dan? And I was like, Russell Crowe monologue
0: time. But then the church bell strikes three o'clock, and it's time to go. All cool people need hats. As soon as they leave the building, the shootout starts. They're jumping from cover to cover, getting a little bit closer to the train station each time. There's a hail of bullets going on. Charlie Prince realizes the townsfolk aren't really being very judicious in the way they're aiming, and he's worried that they're going to hit Wade, so he starts to take them out, too. Yeah, and oddly enough, Wade warns Dan of the first
1: man to sneak up on both of them. Like he wants Dan to succeed. Um but he really doesn't. He he and and let's also be clear, like the way that they're moving is that both of them are independently running. So Wade is choosing to run because he has a gun to his back, but also like all the people outside have guns, too. You get a feeling that this is as much a decision by Wade as it is by Evans, except for Wade is not 100% convinced, but he also understands, like, they're being shot at, and he has to try not to be shot at. <laughs> at, at some point, uh, Wade says, like, can you now explain to me the next portion of your plan, Dan? And I was just like, that is a question
0: the audience is asking as well. <laughs> right. Taking cover in an empty shop, Wade basically gives Evan one last chance to walk away. He's like, I'm not I'm not doing this, all right? It's not gonna right. happen. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not gonna independently
1: run anymore. I'm about to play dead weight like a dumb little baby, and you're gonna have to drag me there. I'm not just
0: helping you out anymore. Uh, he tells Prince to have everyone hold their fire, because Wade's basically decided, we're done. Evan says that he can't stop, and that he confesses... The only time he saw combat in the Civil War was when he was shot in the foot accidentally by friendly fire while retreating. I ain't never been a hero, Wade. And he needs to put Wade on the train in order to finally be seen as a man in his children's eyes. At that point, Wade is strangling him because Dan jumps on
1: his back prior to that and actually starts fighting him. At the point where, like, Wade and Evans are they seem like as close to being friends as they ever have been. And then Evans jumps on his back and they start kicking the shit out of each other. And, and Wade starts to, to choke Evans. Like he's actually going to kill him. And at that point, when Evans tells his sad story, Wade stops strangling him. And in that moment, you can kind of feel like on Russell Crowe's face. He's like, I kind of like Dan and maybe I like him enough, or maybe I want to make him the guy who who succeeds. He, like, in that moment, you can see in Wade's face, like, I want to make Dan Evans the coolest motherfucker on Earth, and the way to do that is to get him, or to have him bring me to this train. So, like, getting Wade to that train in that moment becomes both of their goals, not just one of them.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of an episode of Home Movies, to really <laughs> go on a tangent, where the school bully allows the main character to beat him in a fight, Just because he pitied him and he wanted him to have a win. he's Right. So I just let him take me down. You know, got to let him have a little confidence. Exactly. Which is like one of my favorite parts
1: of this movie where it it, where the bad guy and the good guy just immediately team up because they just respect each other. Uh, So Wayne and Dan get back to running. William runs after them. Uh, And I was like, I literally wrote down. William's definitely going to die. Uh, Charlie's is actually also definitely going to die. Wade might die. Dan might die or be a hero. And out of the four, I only expect two to live. That's what I wrote as I was going into the climax of this movie. Um, what I love Charlie...
0: is in this last stretch of the chase, Prince looks so confused. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> why are you running, boss? What's happening? <laughs> like at some uh, points, <laughs> Wade was in front. <laughs> it's like he could have just led right. him to any anywhere. Like, anyway
1: <laughs> and then uh yeah william goes to like run after them because he saw the dr- the picture that wade was drawing he was pi- he was drawing like a really detailed picture of dan by the window uh and i guess william like extrapolates that that means he likes him or, or whatever I-, I i extrapolated nothing i just was like he's a drawer he draws All right <laughs> and uh at some point point, <laughs> charlie's like boss what's what's going on boss and then Wade looks at uh, Danny's like can you make this jump with your peg leg and they're like yeah sure they make a big jump like uh, which is something that you know a a prisoner doesn't do Uh, and and so like Wade is literally
0: now running in front of the one-legged man they dive into the ticket booth at the train station just as it reaches 310 and the trains not there they ask the conductor where the train is it's like I-, I guess it's late sorry charlie has the men spread out the
1: mexican sharpshooter sets up william enters the fight why i don't know why uh you know he uh there's more exposition here we learn that dan dan's youngest son has tuberculosis and he would die if they didn't go to a warm climate uh, because, you know, Wade was just like, why are you even here? Just move to another place where there you can get another farm. And they say, you know, and we, and Evans is like, we have to stay in a warm climate. I'm, I'm even sadder than you thought I was. And, and then, uh, guys like, why are you telling me this? And Dan's like, I just wanted you to, I want to let you know that I ain't stubborn it was actually one of the better conversations in the in the movie like i i'm i'm not stubborn and wade's like is this the time is this the time to tell me you're not stubborn also
0: w- look where we are right now yes you are the train arrives and wade confesses that he's actually already been sent to yuma twice and escaped twice and he gives him a smile william unleashes some cattle and spooks them so that they're running so that they're running parallel to the train giving uh Evan's the cover that he needs to get Wade to the train. So they're there at the door. Exactly then, ten minutes pass in this movie between the clock striking three and the arrival of the train. And can I say this is where from here on the movie falls apart for me. Yeah, it it gets a little odd. Just as Wade voluntarily walks into the prisoner holding car, Prince shoots Evan down a couple times in the back. Wade was so proud. He's like, you did it, Dan. No! You accomplished this meaningless task where the stakes are now completely nothing, since we already know I can just escape at free will.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but Butterfield, Butterfield knows, that, uh, saw what happened. In that moment, Dan's family gets paid and Dan's the hero, uh, at least just to Dan and to William,
0: you know, right until Charlie Prince shoots Dan in the back like a bunch of times. As soon as Prince returns his pistol, Wade kills all the members of his gang.
1: What? 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 Yeah, so, okay. So Dan's on the ground dying... Uh, William is like kind of running up Charlie Prince returns his pistol and then is walking away Russell Crowe is obviously mad but nobody knows it and then Charlie Prince kind of turns back to see Wade's eyes he sees Wade's eyes and when he looks back he's like oh my god that guy's gonna shoot me I don't know why but he is so like uh, Charlie pulls his gun Wade pulls faster because you have to know that Wade is very fast from the beginning and in that moment Wade literally kills his entire posse Apparently, he didn't like posses either.
0: Wade, you had so many chances to defuse this situation, <laughs> and you're going to blame your number two, who's just doing what he was supposed to be doing, because you you kind of tricked the shit out of him. He's dedicated.
1: Apparently, he's so dedicated to Dan Evans being a hero that in this moment, he had to kill the rest of his gang because it wouldn't make sense for his gang to just be there and him to get on the train to still go to Yuma. And, and, he, and I, I think he's thinking like they would lose all respect for me or whatever. So they, they have to be dead anyway. But here's this thing. Here's this thing, James. Charlie Prince is like a son to Wade. You get the feeling the whole time that Charlie Prince feels like he doesn't have a father and that his father is Russell Crowe's Ben Wade. They have a very close relationship. You can tell. And then, like, at the end, for whatever reason, it's just okay. So, like, you have to ask yourself the question, is Wade a good
0: guy or a bad guy? Because I think he's a bad guy. I would say he's completely out of his mind and has no idea what he wants. Or at least the screenwriters are. If I'm Prince and I have the last words, I'd be like, I was within 15 feet of you for like the past hour. You had so many chances to tell me what you wanted me to do. (laughs) Right. Why did Wade kill Charlie for doing something
1: he didn't know was wrong? I felt so bad for Charlie. The look on Charlie Prince's face
0: as he is dying is, why, dad, why? So William says farewell to his dad. Telling him, you know, you succeeded, Dad, you got him on the train, you did it. And so Dan Evans dies with a smile on his face, having finally gained his son's admiration. And, you know, William, I hope you're real fucking happy with yourself. (laughs) This is his fault. This is his fault. What you drove your dad to do. Now, working hard and providing for your family, that's not enough. You have to actually get killed on a pointless, no-stakes cowboy adventure. You did it, Pa. You got him on the train. He's off the train now, but you got him on there temporarily. Yeah. Uh Wade
1: is obviously conflicted about the whole situation. He turns around, he sees that William has a gun pointed at him. Wade sees it, uh the gun pointed at his face, and uh, by a kid who he already kind of knows like would shoot, right? From the, the from the from the from the look he had in his eye, the crazy look in his eye. This is the part of the movie that I can't fully understand and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to just okay this I have I have a thing I have a thing James okay so in this moment everyone's dead around them Wade is being held up by William uh, who has the look in his eye like my dad's dead and now I'm gonna kill you which kind of is a bummer because like the point of all of this is to get Wade on the train but Wade has I think two feelings in this moment one is if this is how I die, so be it. It kind of looks like on Wade's face, Russell Crowe's face, like, you know, if if a son revenging his father, if that's the version of me dying, uh and this kid has, you know, proven that he might really do it in the past, and if this is the way that it happens, fine. But I think the second part of this is a lot more important. The second thing that wa- uh, that Wade is currently thinking is uh dan just died and dan is a good man dan has expressed in this movie that he wants his son to be a good man not like wade he doesn't want his son to turn out like ben wade does and killing wade would be exactly what dan wouldn't want so now Wade has to talk to a-, a grieving son. Like in this moment what I thought was about to happen was that William is, you know, holding the gun up and Wade has to talk to a grieving son out of doing something he should do and he has every right to do and Wade believes he has the right to do for the sake of his dead friend Dan and William's dead father to let William's hands be bloodless and so that we c- as Dan would have wanted. But also William just w- watched Dan Wade kill all these men. So what does that concern or deter William from doing any of this? But the point of all of that is none of that happens. The kid just puts the gun down like he's learned his lesson anyway, taking out a huge part where I think Wade should have had that conversation of your father wouldn't want this.
0: How is that not part of the movie? Okay, sorry. Now you can go. No, I agree with you. I don't really know what was going through William's head in that moment. I don't, uh, Wade, his also kind of emotionless, I, you know, I, I, guess I assume it's not spelled out, but William's like, oh, so you're kind of directly responsible for my dad's death, but then you avenged my dad, and now my family and I are rich because of you, so I won't yeah, shoot all you. all of that happens, though, it, but
1: none of it's said out loud, it is literally no. a back and forth, uh, like,
0: standoff for 20 seconds with no words, Where there could have been so many words. And then the train whistle blows because it's going to leave. And and Wade gets on the train. And sits down in the jail cell. And the train leaves the station. But as soon as it's out of sight as William. Wade, lone ranger, whistles for his horse. Which starts to follow the train. And so it's obvious like he's going to get away. And I was just thinking in that moment I was like da 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 we're really bad eggs drink up me hearties yo ho it's like the end of pirates 1 it's exactly right. like that <laughs> except he's not
1: jack sparrow and he's murdered brutally two people <laughs> right and, and you know the fact remains dan put him on that train when no one else would <clears throat> but you get to also get the feeling like what they were trying to do was make a really gritty version of pirates of the caribbean and still have jack sparrow be jack sparrow
0: and you, you can't cuz it just feels weird Right, because although Jack Sparrow is, like, an untrustworthy, self-serving character, he's not a sadistic, murderous character who goes out of his way to commit acts of violence. Like, oh, I, oh, you insulted me? You now will die. <laughs> like, that's Wade.
1: So, uh, again, I liked this movie. the The thrill of the movie is watching dan evans and ben wade go from hating each other to respecting each other and that last scene where they're they're helping each other get to the train is really really great and then there's that five minutes at the end that don't make a whole lot of sense and that kind of ruin not ruin but get pretty close to ruining the end end which is him you know asking for the horse to come and you still rooting for ben wade because what you're doing at that moment is asking where the audience is sitting. Are they on Ben Wade's side? Are they on Dan's side? And honestly, I was on Ben Wade's side until he killed Charlie Prince and his whole gang for no reason. Until he basically killed his son, which I, like, I think the screenwriters and the director saw as like the last thing he had to do to prove himself good. But in reality, what he just did was killed his friends for no reason.
0: Yeah, it's like a lazy way to end a character arc. It's like, oh, these gang characters—they'll all just die, and that's how their story resolves. They're just dead, right? It's it—it it feels it feels unsatisfying.
1: I think, again, I liked this movie. Right. Also, uh, Lauren, Lauren asks us to watch this movie. Right. I don't and know. I'm, I'm not sure who. I'm, I'm pretty sure very likely LJ did. And uh, I, and again, Lauren, I, I liked this movie a lot. Uh, and there were also... And there was those, those those weird parts at the end which made you go like, what is this trying to accomplish? What do they want me to feel right now? Because I
0: don't think... I don't think what they want me to feel is what I'm feeling. I really enjoyed 99% of the movie. The only things I don't like at the last two minutes... I had, watching it, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen, which was a nice feeling. I, I definitely didn't predict the ending. Russell Crowe and Christian Bale's performances are really amazing. They're both two acting powerhouses, and you put them together. What else, uh...
1: I mean, the the supporting cast was just that. They were there very much to support two lead actors. You could tell that, uh, you know, they tried to make their deaths and lives mean something. And sometimes they were successful and sometimes they weren't.
0: Movie uh, definitely fails the Beckdale test. There were never even two sure. female characters in the same room. <laughs> there were never two characters in the same room. The two female
1: characters there were were just kind of complainy, which is, you know, not great. Also, uh, the, the gun is the gun cursed. Did the gun make him kill Charlie Prince and all of his friends?
0: Oh, I, I okay. Know. Yeah. All right. I can get on uh, board. That's with that. fine
1: for you. That's fine <laughs> for you. The, cur- the curse that they talk about an hour beforehand and never bring up again. That, that one little piece <laughs> of exposition that you basically forgot about that makes it all okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: We got a reason now. Cursed gun, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the girl, the gun with the cross on it. That's what did it. I would give this movie an A-. It's like uh you know, when a gymnast does a perfect spiral but doesn't quite stick the landing. I I don't know what
1: what measurement system I want to use. All I can say is that I really, really liked this movie, and when I think back on it in, like, 20 years, I don't think I will i will remember the inconsistencies at the end. I think I will remember the friendship that is gained between these two men, and I will also probably remember how annoying the character of William was.
0: I'm interested now in seeing the original 310 to Yuma to see what, what they kept and what they changed. I get I kind of like Ben Wade as a character I can't now I cannot think of him as anything other than cowboy Jack Sparrow right yeah I don't I don't know where
1: where his morals actually lie they are confusing at best
0: I definitely prefer him to um to Dan Evans who I can't empathize with at all it's like you know, maybe when your kid is grown up and is more rational and with more perspective, they might be happier to have their dad in their lives than you know, just like oh, remember that time where he did the heroic thing and then died? It was so badass, so life affirming. Yeah,
1: well, can't happen now because he's dead. But also, like I, I like Dan Evans more than I like Ben Wade. I think Dan Evans like is one character the whole time and 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 has has goals they're stupid goals they're fool's goals but they're they're they are goals nonetheless that are are very straightforward and you understand his uh, reasoning for most things most of the time ben wade goes in and out of that you know he's a he's wishy-washy on whether he's a hero or not you're not a, you're not
0: 100 percent sure all right so i think our next podcast will be a westworld episode 4 rewatch yeah so join us for that. If you've got questions or comments about episode four going into it, shoot us a tweet on Twitter at Westworld Ryan. If you have another request for the Western Movie Club, we always accept those too. You can email us at thewestworldpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're really cool, you can leave us a rating on the Apple Podcast app, which lets other people find our show.
1: Yeah, give us all the stars. Give all the positive comments. Follow us on SoundCloud uh, and like our our tracks on SoundCloud. Share them if you will. Uh, get 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 all get
0: all up in get all up in this, and join us in some in undetermined amount of time for episode four of Westworld Rewatch Podcast. I'm James, and I'm Ryan and this is the west world podcast